Hi, I'm Nancy Dufresne. Welcome to our podcast channel. We know you'll be blessed by today's message. Hallelujah. Psalm 37. While you're turning there, I want to... um, I want to quote a verse that you need to not forget because it it shows so much. Ephesians chapter one, verse three, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us. Couldn't we say this? Who has already blessed us, who has already blessed us, who has already blessed us. Well, what does that blessing contain? healing. So we could say this, who has already healed us. What else does it contain? Prosperity. So we could say who has already prospered us. What about this peace? Who has already given us peace? What about this? Doesn't blessing contain victory? Who has already given us the victory? So we could spell out everything that that blessing contains and put this wording in front of it. Who has already already healed us, already prospered us, already given us the victory. And this is why so many people uh, who believe that these things have been provided for us, but don't enjoy them is because they're not approaching him on the basis. It's already done. They're approaching him on the basis of I'm trying to get hold of it. I'm trying to lay hold of it. I'm trying to receive it. Well, there is an act that faith takes of receiving, but it's already provided. And once you, once you complete that act of receiving it, you have to walk away as though it is done because it is done. Dad Hagen used to say it to us this way. Just act like the word's true. Just act like it's true. And this is really what faith is. It's acting like the word is true. It's not trying to coerce itself into thinking, you know, believing something different. It's just not trying to work itself up. It's treating the word and treating God like it's already true. Amen. And so blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has already blessed us with all, with all with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus or because we're in Christ Jesus. That's when that blessing began to move into our life is when we were, uh, when we came into Christ being one with Christ. And so notice this, and you know, my favorite translation of this verse who has already blessed us with everything that heaven itself enjoys. So everything is yours. Everything is yours. Everything is yours. Strong faith is laying hold of everything that's already been provided and refusing to live life without it. I refuse to live without what I have already been blessed with. You say, well, if you've been blessed with it, how can you live without it? Well, you can have a bank account and not be accessing anything that's in it. So if I could say this, look at your, look at your inheritance as your spiritual bank account that it belongs to you, but you have to go make a withdrawal on it. Amen. Uh, Are you there in Psalms chapter 37? And let's start reading. I'm going to read in verses 18 and 19. And it says this, the Lord knows the days of the upright. Other translation says the Lord takes care of his people all their days. The Lord knows the days of the upright. Now notice the upright. Notice it doesn't say just anybody. 
it does matter how we live. If we're going to receive the inheritance at a full flow. So the Lord knows the days of the upright. Look at this. And their inheritance shall be how long? Forever. No fluctuation. No diminishing of the inheritance. It is forever. You know, that's good to know when it looks like it's not working. Because you can look at circumstances and circumstances will tell you it's not working. It matters that you know this, that what God has blessed us with, it's forever, no matter what circumstances look like, no matter what things around you look like, no matter how loud something is, it is forever. It is unchanging. It's not regressing. It's not diminishing. It is forever. So this, know this, times don't affect inheritance. Times do not gauge your inheritance. So why do people get so affected by the times? Because they're more aware of the times than of their inheritance. They're more mindful of the times than of their inheritance. So look at verse 19. They shall not be ashamed. Who's they? The upright. The ones walking in the light of the word. Now, if you're going to walk away from the word and not give it attention, then things can be interrupted for you. But for the upright, those who are going to make the word the standard of living. Amen. It's not somebody who does everything perfectly. It's someone who says, you know what? I'm continually pressing. I'm continually reaching. Amen. And so it says, they shall not be ashamed. Well, what's that mean? That they shall not be ashamed. That means it'll work for them. (laughs) They won't be embarrassed. They won't be let down. God will not abandon them. They will not be ashamed or embarrassed by the condition they're left in. They shall not be ashamed. Look at this in the evil time. And in the days of famine, they'll be satisfied. So God is saying, he lets you know, he lets us know, first of all, our inheritance is forever. It's unchanging. It is not subject to what man is subject to. Because inheritance doesn't originate with man. It originates with God and he's unchanging. And then he goes on to say, there are going to be evil times. There are going to be times of famine around you. But that's not your future. Your future is the inheritance that's forever. When he tells us that inheritance is forever, he's showing you your future. That your, your future is full of inheritance. Amen. Now this has to be the mindset. This has to be what we focus on because evil times will show up. No, look at 19, verse 19. They shall not be ashamed in the evil time. So there's going to be an evil time that's going to show up. What's the evil time? It is when Satan tries to show himself. That's when he opposes Amen. Everyone's going to face when evil is going to try to gain entrance into their life. So what do we have to remember at that time? I have an inheritance. 
I have an inheritance and it is more than enough to overcome the evil that tries to show up in this time. And then it goes on and it says, and they shall not be ashamed in the evil time. And we could say it this way. They shall not be ashamed in the days of famine. They shall be satisfied. So notice this in the days of famine, there's scarcity. There's not enough food. There's not enough supply for the people. So he says, when there's not enough for others, (laughs) when there's not enough and others are living with situations of not enough, that he says, you'll be satisfied. That means you'll have more than enough when others don't have enough. Now, why would there not be enough? Why would there come a famine? Well, if we talk about naturally speaking, famines come from droughts, lack of water, lack of rainfall means the lack of food production. And so famine comes and he says, though, but for the upright, an evil day will show up. An evil time will show up. Famine will show up, but he shows you your outcome is different than theirs. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So turn with me, if you would, to Genesis chapter 26, because I want to see this played out uh, in passage, a Bible passage that we see, because when God says this, we're going to have a Bible example of it. Genesis chapter 26 in verse 1. Genesis 26 verse 1. And there was a what? Famine in the land. Beside the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went unto Abimelech king of the Philistines. So what this means is he started toward the south. He headed, started heading toward Egypt because of the famine. He started changing where he was going to reside in verse two. And just when he just started heading a different direction, the Lord appeared to him in verse two and said, go not down into Egypt Dwell in the land which I shall tell thee of. Sojourn in this land. Remember his father, Abraham, was led by God to that land. Now Isaac is residing in that land, but famine comes. And he thinks, well, I'm going to have to go to a place where there's not famine. But your inheritance is forever in the land where God tells you to be. Wherever God tells you to be, you don't have to change locations like other people who change their strategies when times change. Now, if God redirects you, that's fine. But don't you redirect because of the times. Don't you change and add to or redirect what God had already put in your heart. So this is what we see Isaac doing. Times are rising, a famine is arising, and he thinks, I'm going to have to do something. So what did he do? He started acting like other men. He started, let's go to a place where they're not having a famine. He heads that way, but notice this, no doubt, uh, this is certainly a way that the devil would use to get him off the land of covenant. 
The devil will use all kind of natural things to get you off of what God said is yours. And the Lord appeared to him and said, go not down into Egypt, but dwell in the land which I shall tell thee of. What land is it? Sojourn in this land right here. Don't leave the land I gave your father. It's because it was Isaac's inheritance, right? Sojourn in this land. Look at this. I will be with thee. So just because times change doesn't mean it changes God's location. He's still in you. The greater one is still in you. I will be with thee. Now see, with Isaac, God said, I'll be with you. But under the new covenant, a better covenant, he's in us. He's certainly with us, but he's with us through being in us. I will be with thee. Notice this. And I will bless thee. Why? Because where he is, blessing is. And will bless thee for unto thee and unto thy seed, I will give all these countries and I will perform the oath which I swear unto Abraham thy father. Notice Abraham, uh, he, he came to this land that God was giving him. But notice he said, to, he said to Isaac, I will give thee all these countries. You just have a little bit of what I'm going to give you. Don't leave where you're at because you're going to leave all that, the rest that I have for you if you do that. You have to be where God puts you and stay there no matter what so you don't forfeit what else is connected to it. So you don't walk away from the more that's at the other end of what he's already given you. People who love land, I mean farmers, you know, they make this statement. I don't want all the land. I just want the land next to me. (laughs) So they buy more land and there's more land next to them. And then there's more land next to them. And then there's more land next to them. Well, see God, God's the same way. He wants to get you on a place to get you what, get more of what's next to that. You know, God gave me, you know, you know, the, the story of how God gave me sister Amy Silk McPherson's former home. It wasn't just about God giving me that home. There's things connected to it called the academy, other property. God had to get me to one location to get me to the next location. Wherever God puts you, notice this. It's not just that location he has in mind. It's not just that business he has in mind. He has more in mind. He will stack it up. And this is what he said. He said, I will perform. He said, I will give these, I will give all these countries and I will perform. I will perform. You don't have to perform in a time of famine, Isaac. I'm going to perform. Okay. But notice what we read back in 37. The Lord knows the days of the upright. Isaac is the upright. He's in covenant. He's walking in the light of the covenant, right? But notice this, uh, it matters how we're living. It matters how we're living. It all belongs to us, but if we're not walking uprightly, if we're not interested in his plan, if we're not interested in his will for us, it's going to affect what he can bring us into although it belongs to us. And he's telling Isaac, don't you leave this land because there's all the countries I told your daddy about, I'm going to give it to you. 
Don't leave just because circumstances are pressing on you. Don't leave just because something's not gnawing on your mind. Listen, in famine, everything gets touched. Every aspect of your home, your family, your profession, your future, everything gets touched by famine. And Isaac was feeling the effects of famine. So he's looking for a place to get relief. And God says, don't, don't go get relief and walk away from victory. Amen. Amen. He said, I will give all these countries and I will perform the oath. When God tells you to, when God says he has something for you, he'll perform it. He'll perform it. He'll perform it. God has said something to every one of his people about what he has for their lives specifically, but it's not always performed in every life. And I'm going to tell you why today. Why? Because we want to see it performed. Verse four, and I will make thy seed to multiply as the stars of heaven and will give unto thy seed all these countries. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Now, doesn't this sound like exactly what he said to Abraham? Because that Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. So it doesn't matter how we're going to, how we're going to live now that we have an inheritance. Now go with me to verse 12. Same chapter, verse 12. Genesis 26, 12. Then Isaac sowed in that land. He didn't go down to Egypt and sow. Where did he sow? He sowed where God told him to be. He stayed where God told him to be and famine was still on. You understand that? Do you know? Well, let me, let me finish the rest of this. Then Isaac sowed in that land. Look at this. And received. And received. And received. He sowed and received. He sowed and received. In the same year, a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. Now you have to understand, the same year is the same year of famine. (laughs) The same year. The same year the famine was there. He sowed and received a hundredfold. Verse 13, and the man waxed great in famine, in the year of famine, and went forward and grew until he became very great. Now, when the Bible calls you very great, you very great. (laughs) For he had possession of flocks and possession of herds and great store of servants. Look, I love this. And the Philistines envied him. Why? Because they're under famine. (laughs) The time and they just rich men. I'm just talking naturally speaking in the economic realm. The time men are made the richest is the time of financial crisis. Because at a time of economic hardship, at a time when there is a famine, so to speak, the resources didn't leave the earth. All the money still here. All the gold still here. All the livestock is still here. All the oil is still here. All the precious stones are still, everything is still here. A time of economic changes is a shifting of hands. That's all that is. It's a shifting of hands. 
And people who owned a lot, the value of things drop. But if you just stick with it, that value comes back up because it doesn't leave the earth. Amen. So when other men were losing theirs, Isaac was stacking it up. Why? Because he stayed where God told him to be without complaint. Without wishing he weren't there. Without without uh, murmuring or why isn't this working for me? I'm a, listen, he knew he had a covenant with God and it looked like it wasn't working. That's why he's heading toward Egypt and God stopped him and said, remember what I told your daddy. (laughs) Remember he had to hold to it. This is why many people who have been blessed, I'm talking about Christians who have been blessed with the same inheritance, some enjoy it and some don't, is because when need shows up, when the evil day shows up, when the famine shows up, you have to talk to that thing what God said to you. You have to tell that need what God said to you. You have to tell that need what God said to you. You understand that you have to talk to that need and you have to tell that need. God said, this is my land. God said, he's going to give me all the countries and my, 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 my generations will flourish here. I'm not leaving because God said, Isaac felt the famine and was ready to leave until he started saying what God said to it. God gave him what to say to that famine. Now, if you're not going to talk to your need, your need will move in on you. It doesn't matter that you have an inheritance if you're not going to speak about that inheritance in the face of that need. In Psalms 107... verse two, Psalms 107, verse two. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Whom he hath redeemed. And we're gonna say whom he hath already redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Isn't the evil day the hand of the enemy? Isn't famine the hand of the enemy? Isn't not enough money for your mortgage the hand of the enemy? Isn't all these things that are not enough the hand of the enemy? You're already redeemed from it. Now, how do you benefit in the face of opposition when you have an inheritance? This verse tells you how. Let the redeemed of the Lord say it. You have to say it. You have to say it. You have to say it. When you sing this song, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, and then people would say so. He's not saying let the redeemed of the Lord say the word so. You have to spell out. I'm redeemed. My husband used to make this statement, and it's so huge, and it's so large, and you need to get hold of it. He said, your redemption won't work for you until you say so. Your redemption, your inheritance. Now see, let's go back. Let me just go back and I'll just read it to you so you won't have to flip back. But Psalm 37 verse 18 where we read, the Lord knows the days of the upright and their inheritance is forever. You have to say that. My inheritance is forever. 
My inheritance is forever. And in the evil day, when the evil day shows up, you have to stand up in that evil day and say, my inheritance is forever. It's not changing. And in the days of famine, notice in verse 19, they shall not be ashamed in the evil day and they shall not be ashamed in the days of famine. They shall be satisfied. How are they going to be satisfied? They're going to have to stand up in the face of famine and say, my inheritance is forever. My inheritance is forever. You have to add faith to the inheritance or you won't benefit from the inheritance. You have to speak your inheritance. And when it looks like it's not working, you have to say, my inheritance is forever. And when it looks like famine is moving in on your tent, just like with Isaac. God gave him something to say. God reminded him and really he could have said it before that day, but he had let it slip because God said it to Abraham. And you know, Isaac knew what God had said to Abraham. Why? Because the Bible says that Abraham trained his children. God cut covenant with him because he knew he would train his children. I'm not just talking about training his children in nice manners. Nice manners are appropriate and you should train your children, please, in nice manners. But he would train him in the covenant that was cut with him. That's what, God's, that's what God valued about Abraham. He wouldn't take his can and just sit on it. He wouldn't take his blessing and just sit on it. He would pour it into the next generation so that the next generation could carry on what God originally said to Abraham. He, Isaac did not have to wait for God to say this, but he let it slip and started heading toward Egypt because he wasn't saying what God had already said to his daddy. And God repeated himself to Isaac what he had already said to Abraham. And when Isaac said that, think about it. How did it look to see a man and his servants out sowing seed in ground that was so utterly dry there was no water to water the seed? It looks like a point of mockery. People could look on and mock him and say, you got no business buying this business or starting this business or buying this home or doing this. But if God said, if God said, if God said, you have to hold to what God said and in the face of need, say what God said. And you have to know, he calls the servants together and says, boys, we're planting today. In hard, dry, brittle, unwatered ground, boys, we're planting today. Why? Because God said, God said, no, it doesn't make sense. No, I can't calculate it, but God said. And because he sowed, he did an act that others would mock at. Because God said, he received a hundredfold in the famine. I wonder what the neighbors are thinking now when they see green plants growing up when there's nothing to water it. That that sowing was a miracle. That reaping was a miracle. That hundredfold harvest was a miracle because in the face of need, God gave him something to say and he stuck with what God gave him to say. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, 
become a partner, or visit our online store. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries.